we are in bed with books. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm Melissa. And I'm Bethany. If you'd like to find us outside of wherever you're listening from, then you can find us on our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, on Instagram at inbedwithbookspod, and find us on YouTube for video versions of the podcast and bonus episodes. So let's jump right in. Milo and I now, whenever we are like talking and then one of us like breaks into a cough, we just find it really funny. Because it does. It sounds really funny when, when someone's talking and then they start coughing in the middle of it. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just like. And then I went to my sister's house and they were all like getting over a cold. And it was just like that all day long. Everyone's just coughing. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that that brings you enjoyment. Yeah. We, we laugh about a lot of things. That's good. You got to keep yeah. it fresh. Yeah. Well, it helps that he's really funny. Yeah. And he's actually, he's actually gotten me to be really funny. Cause I used to be like, oh, I really want to be funny. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, I want to be like, I wish I, like, I wish I was funny. You know, like people laughed with me, not, you know, like laughed at my jokes. And I, I get people to like laugh now, you know, cause I, I think partly because they don't expect it and it, not that I'm like yeah the class clown or anything, but like I've, I've become kind of charming. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why we got on the subject, but <laughs> you were actually the first, you were actually one of the first people I remember telling Milo like, Oh, I really like being around Melissa because she makes me feel like I'm a funny person because <laughs> she laughs at what I say well you say some funny shit thank you and I I have to kind of give Milo a little bit of credit because when you're around someone who has a yeah. really easy good sense of humor that's like able to laugh at themselves and able to take like a really stressful moment and like find the lightness in it is really good it rubs off yep I think the the notion that one day you just like sat up and you're like I'd like to be funny is actually <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. So seriously, you were ahead. You were ahead of the game. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The irony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit, just a bit. Yeah. The pollen count in Houston oh, God. Yeah. is absurd. Absolutely yeah. absurd. And yesterday I thought, you know, it's a really good idea. I've been cooped up in my room all day. I should go get some vitamin D. Let me go grab a cup of tea and I will just go sit outside. The weather was really nice yesterday, actually. It was really cloudy, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, well, it was too windy, but it, for some very nice reason, while I went outside, it was just like subtly, it was like breezy, not windy. Yeah. I walked inside and started sneezing. And I think I haven't stopped since, except for when I was sleeping last night. Yeah. So that's what I get. Kids, that's why you don't go outside. You stay inside where your books are and where the pollen is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dust, so I'm your, great. dust your books. Yeah. 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 That With sucks. the dead trees, not the live ones. Well, when you come and live in Seattle, the rain will wash it away. <laughs> that's fine. That is my preferred placement for pollen is away. Yeah. <laughs> in the drains. Yes. The bottom yes. of the ocean. I'm in love with my new mic. I know. 
I bet you, you sound really good. You sound really Thank sexy. You. Thank you. It really, it really picks up that like low timbre of your voice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it that like, time? Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to, well, I, I had this theory for a while that Seymour would only listen to me if I used my man voice. Uh-huh. But I think what really happened was that I was just like yelling. And so he was listening. Yeah. So if I was like, get off the counter and I said it and he wouldn't listen, then I'd be like, get off the counter. <laughs> he would listen suddenly. He, he, he liked like a authoritative, a, a, a firm yeah. hand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now he doesn't care. He could, he, he knows he could fight me. So it doesn't matter. But do you ever still hear your mother's voice? like calling your name in the middle of the night when you're sleeping (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean when you're like when you're like half asleep you're like almost in REM and you just hear Bethany and you're like (laughs) and it's like in your mother's voice they they're not saying Bethany they're saying your name but no you don't like anxiety Um, (laughs) the things that I get at that like in that point of sleep when you like when you start hearing stuff you know or when when it's possible for your like the dream brain to to give you some some other stuff you know it's always like a hi (laughs) it just somehow works (laughs) somehow so much worse what is who says hi i mean it's it's just a man like it's just a man's voice saying hi to me which i don't know what that says about about me about the fact that i have that like that dream sound come to me the other day though i'm so glad you brought this up the other day i was like half asleep it was actually so it was actually when i came back from san antonio after the wedding i mean i was exhausted from driving and so i laid down and I took like a mid-afternoon nap and I woke up because I thought somebody slapped me oh yeah and I must have like slapped myself somehow but it like jolted me awake yeah yeah and so like I just like woke up and it wasn't even like when you when you fall in a dream you're like oh, okay your heart rate goes back down yeah and you're like okay I can go back to sleep but being dream slapped is not the same it very much woke me up and I was grumpy because I was not fully awake yet and so I just laid there for another 40 minutes doing nothing or you eat a cookie in your dream yeah and you're wake up and you're like whoa that was not a cookie (laughs) I'm on fire today (laughs) I'm sorry what was it if it wasn't a cookie well, I, like, because you can't eat in your dream. Like, that's not real. And then yeah. for some reason, there was a point in my life, I think, when I, like, if I ate in my dream, I'd wake up. And really? I ate a cookie. And then I would wake up and there was no cookie. <laughs> and it didn't taste, nothing tasted like a cookie. And it was very disappointing. And the dream ends. It's like when you're having a sex dream. And it ends and you, before the sex starts? Yes. And then you wake up and the sex is not there. <laughs> Yes, that's a special kind of hell. Yeah. I gotta get a Benadryl. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so what are what are we talking about today, Bethany? 
Um, we are going to talk about tropes. Um, yes. Everything to do with tropes. The things that we like about some tropes, the things we don't like about some tropes, maybe some examples. We have some picked out out of a long list. Um, yes. Thank you for that, Melissa. I'm happy to do the work. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, essentially what we're going to be doing is playing like smash or pass with these tropes, <laughs> but getting, but getting into it, getting into it, getting yeah. into the why, whys of, of why we would or wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start? Um, I want you to start. Okay. My first one, and this is a total smash is enemies to lovers. So what is smash? What is oh, smash or pass is like whether or not you would fuck them typically oh, it's played okay. with like like men it's like the uk version of like fuck mary kill okay yeah and you would smash enemies oh lovers. yeah so what are what are some of your favorite ones that you could think of okay i mean you you're okay with spoilers right for what i know i just want to double check before i say this in the hollows okay yeah that's fine she has an enemy who later becomes a lover. Yeah. And I won't say, because there are definitely a few people that I think there's a couple of options that it could be based on what I'm saying. Right. But yeah. So that was, I think that was my first, my first real experience with enemies to lovers. A light version would be Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Because, and I say light, because they were, they were kind of friends that's, I, I think early in the books, it could pass as like a friend to lovers or an enemies to lovers, mm-hmm. but Anna, Annabeth, Annabeth, like lightly bullies Percy uh-huh. in a fun way. Like they're not, they're not full enemies, but it's also like a middle school level book. So if they were full enemies, that'd be a very unclear message that you're sending to middle schoolers, which is fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I love enemies to lovers. Well, so what, what, like, what gets your dick hards about it? <laughs> you know? I think because it starts with a lot of banter. Like, yeah, for you, example. Yeah, you really like, like, the, the warm up. Yes, yes. Yeah. I like the, the way that the warm up happens. Lou and Reed from Serpent and Dove, very clearly defined enemies to lovers, right? Yeah. They're sarcastic banter with each other before they really fell in love yeah was so good i would so go back to their the way their relationship was in book one yeah yes there were like a lot of lies but they loved each other so see that's see that's what's really hard because i really like the beginnings of the relationships in books yes tell me tell me a like a third book that you liked better than the second or the first for that reason you know like it's just so difficult to get that yeah second third like heat I think I will I think my generally my order of liking books in a trilogy is first third second yeah because first is where like they're falling in love and everyone loves that part second is where you always get the miscommunication yeah second is where like blood and honey yep they throw in conflict that's like so 
heartbreaking. You can't resolve it because you have to resolve it in book three. Yeah. And so that's why I always like book three typically more than book two. Yeah. They have to leave you hanging. Yeah. I also like Enemies to Lovers. Um, it gives the characters like some tension that yeah. is really easy to like feel and like be a part of, I guess. Um, it comes naturally in those mm-hmm. plots mm-hmm. when, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say that Feyre and Reese were enemies to lovers? Kind of, yeah. 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 See, that one yeah. I really like. Um, you're like, yeah, actually, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they had a lot of teasing. Yeah. Which I think is why I like Reese so much. I really like the Same. teasing. Oh, yeah. Like, and especially when it comes, I don't know. Do you think it's because he is like High Lord? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it makes a difference that it's, at least in the first, like, the first two books specifically, is from Feyre's point of view. Mm-hmm. Because one, you get his kind of persona of being the high lord yeah and yes he might he might not have viewed them as enemies at first because he's trying to help right right and what we find out later when he's all like i felt you the moment you died and i knew what you were then and i decided to die with you like that's very much not an enemy's thing to do yeah but as far as she was concerned, yeah, he's just this asshole high lord who kind of saved her at the spring, like, orgy. Yeah. And later saved her, kidnapped, but saved her from the wedding. Right. Um, and so I think because we get her point of view, you have that added element of, like, it's hot because he's her superior. If we were to get a lot from him beforehand, it would be like, you're being gross, you're her boss, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But no, we get, we get the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, he's, he's a huge tease. And that's what I really, really enjoyed from him. Yeah. I have heard people call Castile and Poppy enemies to lovers. Right. And I would actually argue that they aren't. Yeah. Because Poppy didn't trust really anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And he... He was a hero to her. Exactly. Like, they became lovers beforehand. And they were, it wasn't necessarily that they were ever enemies. I think they just argued. Like, arguing is not the same as enemies. Yeah, and... Well, and Castile was the Duke and Duchess's enemy. Yes. Not poppies. Exactly. No. Exactly. And and then and then real and that actually Hawk was like a hero to like her and Tawny. Yep. God, I want to read that book again. The first oh, one. God, no. It's so I can't go through Victor's death. Really? Oh, I I s- sometimes when I still think about it, when I think if I think a little too hard about the scene. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I sent you that spoiler. Yes. I will not say what the spoiler was, but I will give a little bit of detail so that I can tell the story. 
also okay so the facebook group that i'm in that is for like armin trout she's also in it and occasionally she'll post writing updates and so she posted one that was about um victor it, it brings i'm sorry like it brings up victor and i had this moment where i was just thinking about his life <laughs> This fictional character's life, like, that leads up to him in his dying breath, looking Poppy in the eye and saying, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I, like, started tearing. I'm, like, trying not to right now. I started tearing up because he, like, basically raised this child. Okay, I gotta stop. Should this yeah. bring us into another trope? <laughs> sure. The dead parents. The dead parent trope. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can talk about that one later, but it yeah. is one that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely cried at that one too. Yeah. That was a good. Are you, do you ever like associate when you were reading the book with the book? Yeah. yeah. So like where I was at when I was reading from Blood and Ash. I want to like kind of the Piscean in me just like really likes that the ritual of like revisiting that yeah place because I loved like that like the uh Poppy and Tawny like sitting at the table Hawks just there like keeping yes. guard and they're yes. just like trying not like Tawny's trying to talk to him and it's just like this he so was cute. so broody then yeah like he he still is he still has his emotional moments but those points when he would just be like like those scenes specifically when he would just be like sprawled out on this chair like this is the image that i have on my in my head is he's sitting at like the third chair at this table yeah his redwood length legs just (laughs) spread straight out in front of him his arms crossed nonchalantly and him just kind of like looking around yeah I'm still Team Castile so hard. This, so hard. This mic picks up so much more emotion from you. Oh, that's great. You're like, that's you're good. like oh, God. <laughs> that's, oh, literally, God. <laughs> that's literally what it sounded like. Oh, oh can't boy. wait for my mom to listen to this one. I know we've already gone, we've already gone balls deep. <laughs> yes, yes. Um. Mm. Mm. Huh? Sorry, you were gonna say you go first. Oh no, I think I was just really just finishing up the Castile thing, which is done. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to get back into that world. It's been. I am. It's been so a year. Ready. It's yes. Oh my god. Also, yeah. Well, uh-huh. I think because a, uh, a Shadow in the Ember came out, it feels drawn out. Yeah. But. Teasing. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. She did just finish her draft of the Shadow and the Ember sequel. Like literally just She's a couple days fast. ago. I know. She had this whole post about it and she was talking about how she used to straight up write like sometimes five to eight books a year. Wow. A lot of her other stuff because it's not like high fantasy. It's like paranormal, modern, yeah. urban kind of stuff. And like a little over 90k words apparently and so 
she could get them out sometimes in like less than two months not like fully published but she could write them in less than two months yeah so after that point it was just a matter of like getting it out into the world yeah it's like damn that's cool okay okay you pick the next trip i felt like it was a good segue into slow burn Mm. and i think we can all agree that crescent city one was the queen and even two a little bit two yeah yeah we're really slow burn yes really slow burn but a hot slow burn like it was like a forced forced one like i i i i particularly remember telling you i've discovered a new form of edging (laughs) yes yes which was that like i was like i know the next because you had like finished it you were like ahead of me and you were like where are you at and i was like oh i'm here and you're like oh it's coming like this the sex scene like the first one and i was like okay and it's like i knew it was there and i was like i'm gonna go down and do some laundry (laughs) like (laughs) because like i need to take a break Yes. And I need to just like draw this out for a minute. Like you needed to give it the space and time it deserved. Yeah. The respect yes. that it deserved. Absolutely. Yes. So um yeah, that one. Oof. That actually has a few different the both one and two have a few different slow burns. Because you've got Hunt and Bryce. Mm-hmm. But also number two has Okay, we're going to do a light spoiler, so if you don't if you don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. Number 2 has Rune and um Bay. Yeah. The Hind, what's her name? Okay, thank you. Let me let me do the research. I know it's cuz their their ship name is Night and Day. And so I never really have to remember her her name. Lydia. Lydia, yes, there it is. Okay. Uh oh, now I'm on fan art. <laughs> is it good? Oh yeah. Look at Danica. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm getting off. You're good. You're good. <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of those today because we're talking about everything. Yes. <laughs> Their slow burn was good because Okay, okay, backtrack a little bit. Hunt and Bryce's slow burn is a lot of we can't because this, we can't because somebody's here, we can't because mm-hmm. I'm angry at you it's now suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas night and day, they only meet every once in a while. So I mean they're meeting every few chapters. Sometimes you could go like 50 pages and they won't even like contact each other for whatever reason. Yeah. And so the few times that they meet, they have these like really sweet personal, they're like opening up to each other. They're getting to know each other. They have a little bit of miscommunications occasionally, like that makes sense. But then it's just at the very, very, like very end, like shit's about to happen kind of last night on earth kind of situation. And they're like, we're going to brain fuck. Yeah. So good. Like the payoff with that one was gorgeous. I love they were my favorite part of the second one. Same. I really liked them. 
Um, I just came up with a new trope, though. Okay, what is it? Brain fuck. <laughs> no, what else a- have you seen that? Um, you haven't read it yet. Oh, oh, is it in Akatar? Okay, okay, okay. Because if it even you have like fantasy and you can like read minds, share minds. Yeah, that's fair. Stuff. That's fair. Yeah, recent and Farah have like a. It's like it's an everything fuck like with like brain stars and stuff it's really good okay okay I was thinking well, about that recently so, I mean you know we can acknowledge that that trope exists yeah because no, 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 that's, that's the only other time I can think of that happens but yeah day and night day and night yeah day and night yeah they um which is funny because if <laughs> if rune is a you know oh if he's yeah yeah like and he does court so but that's what i'm saying that specific power of him being able to like go into people's minds and talk to them that's reese so it's like also he looks exactly like reese yeah and he looks like reese and very clearly related fucking brain fucked someone like there's so many foreshadows like i can't the best kind of foreshadowing is sex foreshadowing yes (laughs) yeah Yes, that's the only the only good kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should know. I've got a degree in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've graduated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. On that same, if we're gonna be talking about Crescent City. Oh, okay. So, uh, slow burn. I smash full smash. Yeah, I love that shit. The payoff. I would okay. Another example I would say is actually from Blood and Ash because she was a virgin, and so mm-hmm. it was a little bit more sexual slow burn. Yeah, but that it was, was that was nice. You have the the nipple licking in the first scene, and then you have the like making out under the willow. Several chapters later, you've got the fingering in the forest. Ugh. Yes, yes. Oh, that one was a good one. That was, see, I forget the willow. Like, the willow's good, good but I'm like, for, and and this is uh, tropes overlapping, right? You have like the forced proximity where you're like, oh, you have to keep warm. (laughs) Yep, yep. But that's, so that's the one I was going to bring up actually because of Bruce. Bruce. Bruce, <laughs> I took a Benadryl, and I oh, already you did. have sinus medicine in me. So, oh man, this me. is this is gonna be a good episode. <laughs> this is slightly loopy, Melissa. <laughs> um, I told you that pollen count is really killing me. Um, Bryce and Hunt. <laughs> That's what you were trying to say. Yeah, fuck sorry. you. <laughs> no, I, I honestly didn't know. I was like, who's Bruce? <laughs> I don't it, it's just how it came out I'm sorry no you're good it was cute um Bryce <laughs> yes Bryce 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 and Hunt because he's got to protect her right and slowly but surely he's they're getting a little closer and so you know it's they gotta he's watching her anyway he might as well stay at the apartment right yeah yeah he's of just course. one bedroom over suddenly yeah. They're both very conscious of the fact that they're only a bedroom bedroom away from each other. Yeah. 
forced proximity is a full, full smash. Okay. Okay. Now that we're on the podcast, because we have talked about this in book club, but I'm, I'm going to give it all the respect that I want to give it, which is the scene in Mist and Fury at the inn. You can't remember when they go to the inn, Reese and Farah. Oh, yes. Oh, and I they, you said at the end. No, the, at the end. Uh, they at go the to inn. the inn. In, yes. yes, 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 yes. And they're in this tiny little like attic room. And there's only one bed. One bed. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm telling you, okay, I'm telling you, I did not read any romance, any YA. This popped my like <laughs> romance cherry. That was an intense one. Okay. That had some really good elements to it. It one did. Of my, one of my favorite parts of that is actually when she's just uh, describing the room because it's at the top of the inn, mm-hmm. literally the attic. Yeah. Because the roof goes. Yeah. Down it's like basically over part like of the, an A-frame. The yeah and he has to like tuck his wings in and he can't yeah so it's this tight squeeze they're kind of tra- like it it feels kind of trapped yeah in a good way yeah yeah i don't know why that made it hotter for me yeah they can't like he can't even sleep on the floor like yep. and then it's cold and he can't use magic yep. so then they have to snuggle up they have to and i don't know what it was but for days I like couldn't <laughs> it was it was a good scene. I really liked it. Um <laughs> it was like yeah, I re- I really enjoyed it because then oh god, and then at the end, like so he I don't I'm not gonna get into this scene. If you want to read it, you read it, but like you should you should read it right now. Just pause right now, read it and come back. But there's at the end when like he finishes her and then puts his mouth over hers as she's coming that did things to me <laughs> then, <laughs> then like, she, oh, okay That's i'm like kink. yeah i like that and then they're like calm down and she like turns around and literally says in her head in the book i was going to eat him alive <laughs> I was just like, yeah, girl. And then he won't let her (sighs) because why? Why? Because he says, when I fuck you, you know, yeah, the mountains will move. So, and then she like whimpers or something and you're like, okay. So this is why Reese is like my number one is because mountains will move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That kind of dominant part of it is like really attractive to me but also I love that he just like obviously like lets her like he's the one that has like set her free right yeah I just love it very like Castile helping Poppy uh find her own agency through being Mm -hmm. sexual with each other Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. I like that I like that (laughs) a lot (laughs) yeah what a novel concept um yeah okay okay so we did close proximity of course yes. but that was that's also another um part of it i really 
I, I just really like fingering things. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> I think because there's I feel like the we've one talked about it before. Yeah. Cause there's that one with, they're the one we just talked about with Castile and Poppy and the like campsite yeah. and like Kieran's like four feet away. <laughs> Can't hear or smell you. Yeah. Um, and she, uh, she thought he was human. <laughs> Yikes. Awkward. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Nyctos and Sarah, like that's my yes. favorite too. And there's something yes. about the control. For me, it's the like youthfulness. Mm-hmm. It's the preamble stage of sex where you're like kind of just like exploring each other with your hands instead of yes exactly exactly like you're just exploring your partner yeah and it doesn't always have to be fingering I guess I should say yeah not to like paint people or paint men with a broad brush or anything but a lot of guys truly don't understand the merits of foreplay no and it's nice to see foreplay in the books yes it'd be nice to to not just like go in dry dog you know maybe that's yeah. why i haven't had sex in a while let's <laughs> <laughs> just say stop we're we're getting really personal here on the podcast no it's fine i mean you're, we, pre- you're, pre- said you're worse fine before with it. the the benadryl hits so. <laughs> that's true <laughs> you're really funny on the bench <laughs> you just go straight to it I love it I like it okay well the thing is now I have to like stay awake yeah all right well so. we better get through it yeah I mean yeah. I'm not gonna pass out or anything I only took one if I took two we'd be we'd have to worry <laughs> okay but that also brings up both of those bring up the one bed trope yes yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, not Castile. Uh, Lou and Reed. Yes. That was another one that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that one did it pretty classically because they are still technically enemies at that point. They've just yes. slowly started to warm up to each other. And that was the first time or when they finally start sleeping in the bed together, I should say, mm-hmm. is the first time that he kind of stands up to her. He sees that she's not just being a bitch to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. she's just trying to like get a rise out of him yeah and so he gets on the bed and is just like i'm gonna sleep here if you want to sleep here too that's fine if not you can find somewhere else to sleep and so she's like fine i will sleep on the bed too well at first he does sleep on the floor yeah no that's what i yeah. mean so like at yeah. first he was sleeping on the floor but then yeah. after he realizes all of that and so one they've kind of been getting closer you know they're flirting not so much nagging each other and then two he teases her he full-on teases her in that scene that was a good scene yeah (laughs) i feel like the tropes are just um leading to the next trope so i would say the next trope would be and i just made this one up (laughs) which is he's a virgin (laughs) I think just virgin trope is a good one. Yeah, virgin trope. That's true. Real quick. Yeah. One bed. Smash. Smash. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do like the virgin trope. My favorite example is Poppy. So yours is yours is Reed though, right? I remember you really Reed and Nick and Nyctos. Yes, that's right. Nyctos was. Yes, but I really enjoyed Reed. 
for a number of reasons. <laughs> because please elaborate. I will elaborate because he like <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not judging you. It's just my face. I I laugh about this with Milo, and I think it's because not that Milo is a virgin because obviously. But remember that episode when the episode where we talked about, I think it was the second book of Serpent and Dove and they were doing the drinking in yes. the, in the inn or whatever. The truth and, there. Yeah. She looks up at Reed and she goes, and he looked down like a pink, like some pink cheeked vengeful God. <laughs> yes. just like, I just have that image in my head. I love that I you love also it. remember the line. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it just that I know that I know yeah. that. And I one time I called Milo that <laughs> and he liked it. It was funny. It's like my, my pink cheeked vengeful God, like <laughs> he just so, so tussled, like just so ruffled yes. about something and frazzled. frazzled. <laughs> is that not sexy? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it is. That's exactly what I mean. And it just. I, there's just something so adorable about that. And especially Reed, because there's like, we were talking about when he's like, he's like, um, what am I trying to say? I don't he's know. like, he's like, um, not rehearsing, but he's practicing. No, he's like, um, he's like re- reciting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, he was re- <laughs> reciting like scripture, Bible verses, yes. because he's like trying not to like get be horny. This, such resistance that yes. he to his like physical like need is just so cute. I love it. Yeah. Um. So Reed is such like a visceral like textbook that kind of tension that I love from like nice yeah a virgin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. Um I liked Nick Dose's version also yeah. because I'm such a sucker in in books I should clarify. I'm such a sucker for the guy that's like I'm not good enough. Uh you're too good for me. Like I die for that Self, shit. Self-deprecating. Yeah. Yeah, and like in books when it gets on that borderline like if this were real life you would need help. Yeah. But in the book, Medical you're cute. Book. In a, yeah, in a book, you're very cute. <laughs> because in the book, you're also brooding. And yeah. I appreciate that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, the brooding man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. The one that, like, I guess especially with Nyctos, he doesn't want to... He He's so scared that his sins will somehow rub off on Syrah. Yeah. yeah. So and then, Ca- Castile then has a has little to, bit like, of that, too. Castile has a little bit of that too. Yeah. 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 But his is more like internal. Yeah. Internal. Yeah. He's happy, like being sexual with, with Poppy, but when it comes to. Right. It doesn't affect him sexually. It affects him like, like, like intimately. Yeah. Yeah. His vulnerability. He's like, I can't do that. Yeah. Which I mean, we will see, I guess in the next book. I like that they just, I like that they make that distinction though she makes yes. that distinction that you yeah. can be sexual without being intimate and have intimacy issues. You can still be sexual. 
Yeah. Um, whereas, and I think we talked about this, whereas with Poppy, um, the, uh, being sexual was intimacy to her because of her upbringing. Yeah. And I can relate with that. Yeah. I thought a lot about that episode <laughs> that we had no, that's fair, where we that's talked fair. about that. It's fun how like we make, we, we talk about these things and then reflect like mo- months later, I'm like, yes, it's become more like ingrained. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, no, exactly. I like the way that Armin Trout, and I think we did talk about this one in the episodes I think probably more shadow in the umber but the way that she has clearly made this distinction between the way to like navigate like a a girl who's a virgin in a patriarchal very stratified society Mm -hmm. where she's known as the maiden versus a god who yeah. has been like abused and is a man or a male presenting and is a virgin for who knows because he's been alive for like I don't know, isn't it like 300 years? Yeah, doesn't that make him like the same age as Castile, too? I don't know, I don't remember how old everyone is. That's fair. Once you're over like 100 in a book, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does, yeah, it really doesn't matter unless it's, unless it's something really absurd. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like the way she she plays them differently. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm now thinking of like examples of past tropes we just talked about. That can be its own category. Where One were minute. we? Okay, so I'm gonna say the virgin trope. Smash. I'm gonna smash that. Yeah. Smash it hard. I'm gonna smash it however it wants to be smashed. Yes. <laughs> um, you can choose next. Oh, I don't know. Like, okay, we kind of talked about the broody man. Yeah, that's a smash every time. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Um, you have some examples for surprise superpowers. You should talk about that. Um, well, the biggest example is Harry Potter. Mm-hmm because he just wakes up one day and he's a wizard um i actually am gonna pass on this one though not like pass my turn but like pass on this trope Mm. i really really liked it when i was younger and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that like i mean i was younger my imagination i think was a little bit more willing to accept certain um certain approaches to things but as I get older I just don't find it as interesting because as I get older when that like pops up I'm like well how did you like when someone oh like when someone just has a power all of a sudden you're like okay yeah yeah I liked that like Armin Trout throws in that they go through like the culling at like 18 to 21 Mm -hmm. that makes sense it's a convenient thing but it makes sense yeah it gives this kind of explanation so in um, Shadow and Bone, the main girl, I can't remember her name now. Hold on, I'm going to sneeze. She hasn't stopped since 
for for 48 hours. <laughs> did you mute? Cause you're like so silent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause I didn't, I knew it was going to be a full sneeze. I didn't, didn't want to subject us. <laughs> put that into the mic. Yeah. Um, so from what I understand, she did know that she had powers, but it was like still, at least in the show, again, at this point, I haven't read the series, so I can't say from like personal read what happened in the series and the book series, but it, it's really not clear whether or not she knew that she had these powers. Yeah. And that's really frustrating because in the series, they've like basically prophesied the coming of the sun summoner, right? And then she knows that she has this ability that's eerily similar to what is described as the sun summoner who's going to save their land. And she doesn't do anything with it until like a boy comes along and like notices her basically, which I didn't like. Right. So generally i'm not a fan <laughs> of the surprise superpowers thing yeah the shadow hunters did that one as well i think surprise superpowers makes it sound pretty specific but like generally i would say that anything where it's like modern and then suddenly like oh look at all these things exist and you've just been lied to your entire life right it doesn't really add up, but when you're a kid, you want to believe those things. You want to believe that there's something more that you just can't see yet. You know, yeah, it's it's it it seems like more of a gimmick. For As like an a adult, kid. yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. To kind of get the kid excited and interested, and in that life isn't just this mundane thing; that it can yeah. be like magical. Yeah, and thinking back on the YA that I read as a kid. A lot, a lot of that. Percy Jackson, he's a demigod. He is the son of Poseidon. And as the series goes on, he's got some like serious power. But when it first starts, pretty much the only thing he has is he can like hold his breath underwater for a very long time. And he has dyslexia and ADHD. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day it's, his teacher, who is in a wheelchair, pulls the blanket off of his legs, is actually a centaur, hands him this pen, and he pulls the lid off the pen, and it's actually a sword. And his best friend is actually a satyr. And, like, reading that as a kid was really exciting. But thinking about that premise as an adult, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. A lot of things that would have had to have been hidden. Yeah. In plain sight. Yeah you're kind of smarter than that now yeah yeah you can't be fooled yeah exactly you can't fool me magic <laughs> um okay smash trash whatever it is <laughs> smash or pass <laughs> uh pass to for you i don't have yeah. a lot of experience other than harry potter probably yeah. so i'll just say pass that's fair because i think i agree with that um that's fair. I think I made a very valid argument. Yes, you did. Thank you. Um, so my next trope would be mates. Yes. Soulmates, true love, mates. Yeah. Yes. Um, I only have experience with this with like fantasy. 
I don't think it exists anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like, it's just like implied. Yeah. It's like, it's how we would think of soulmates like yeah in real life and that's boring so yeah um so mates in fantasy Um, it's faded yes it's faded it's destined um and in fairy at least with akatar it's actually it's a actual like magical transaction for lack of better word a magical like thing that happens when you like have sex um and some people get kind of frustrated with like the mate because you're like okay like it it just kind of like once you find out they're mates you're like all right like there's no mystery right around it um kind of like uh elaine and lucian um which i'm glad she kind of addressed that where you actually have mates that like aren't no, not all of them are on board yeah not all of them I, are on the best of terms yeah elaine's like who are you That's and Lu- lucian's like you're my mate and she's like what does that mean yeah she's like who the fuck are you yeah exactly i love it i love that yeah. because then because that is like the conversation right well then what do you have a choice and i yeah. kind of like that here is elaine grappling with that and here's lucian grappling with that like her choice of like not wanting to be around him um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Like if, if, if they are going, if they are going to be destined to be together or if, uh, Sarah kind of has other plans for how like that's going to pan out in a, in a world where mates aren't the end all be all because not only that, but they, they talk about how mates are like super, super rare. And then you have like five yeah. of them in one series Yeah, in the scope of like th- four years you have like exactly or meet you know you're like okay like it, it just becomes a little like too predictable sometimes which I can agree I I'm definitely a pass on the mate trope yeah so like I, I would say those are like my my qualms with it yeah um but for for someone who hasn't read a lot of fantasy I don't know like this was like the first series I fantasy I read I, re- I really like gravitated towards it because I, w- I kind of like reading Harry Potter as a kid. <laughs> like, you're like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, what's this? Like in this, in this world of fantasy where it's like, it's its own rules. You guys, you kind of do get to inhabit the, the reality of that, of like a mate rather than just like this spiritual, this is what soulmates are. And it's just this ooey gooey stuff. Whereas this is like, no, we actually like had sex and now I like can't you know, now we're like linked, like spiritually, like it's a real thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that like mates are any more or less common in like fantasy or YA and a fantasy than they used to be 10 years ago. But I think it does take away a lot of the excitement. I don't necessarily like have a problem with that I should say uh, what are some examples from when I was younger at least so I read this one series called what was it called it might have been called Fallen yes okay so it was Fallen by Lauren Cage which first of all I 
I loved that series and I still do. But they kind of they kind of had the mate premise with the two main characters. And I think what ends up frustrating me like it did with that that story, that series is that sometimes the soulmate trope will be used to kind of like choose each other over the greater good. Oh, so it's like love against odds? No, not necessarily love against odds, but like, even if it's not that situation where like, they have the choice to save the world and they still just kind of, or like to make a difference and they still just kind of like choose to be with each other and they're like, this is all I need. And I'm like, well, you know, there's kind of a world that could benefit from you not doing that. And that gets really frustrating. Because I think it, it it can get used as this excuse to kind of just like ignore the rest of the stuff and just focus on this this like connection with this person or this being that you're with. And that's not an interesting story, in my opinion. Kind of like uh, Bryce and Hunt in the second book, but then they just yeah. ended up having to do something about it. So I feel yeah. like you can. I feel like it doesn't have to get doesn't have to get in the way, but it can. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like I'm not saying it does every yeah. time, but. If something's going to get in the way, that is one of the things that will get used. And I don't like that. I think yeah. maybe I'm just like a purist when it comes to like the thing. Maybe it's because I'm too much of a hopeless romantic, but I don't want it to be used that way. And it does get used that way. Yeah. What I like about it, just, I mean, just an actor, which was, you know, that they're going to get together anyways. And you kind of like the mating the mate is like this new thing you're learning about and then it there's like this something kind of unlocks and you're like oh good like they're gonna be together and they're gonna stay together and nothing's gonna happen to anyone so it's it's like this like security thing that's about that's about all the benefit there really is to it I have a feeling the more I read it read it I'm gonna get like tired of it but <laughs> no so, that's fair that's fair smash pass schmass schmass because i like for you that's a pro but also for me that's a con i'm i'm pretty indifferent i guess that's fair that's fair like i because i agree with you and i agree with me yeah i think no, it's same. i think it's just it's kind of there i understand people's frustration with it yeah and i do like i firmly agree with the whole like you know not everyone has mates and then just everybody like yeah Oprah style like you get a mate you get a mate <laughs> like yeah. not how it works yeah in fact you've said that's not how it works but suddenly it, it is so yeah okay I have our a last one our, what's our last one? Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> a sad one <laughs> gullible martyrs <laughs> I think it needs um it needs a men- honorable mention though yeah these 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 guys need the spot a little bit of the spotlight yeah yeah these are our on souls yeah i there's more we there just always more, say it's on soul say it's our on soul yeah yeah um because i think on soul really really <laughs> fucked us over fucked us up yeah. um let's see here let's think about what we've read recently yeah let me just look at our page um there there was one in crescent city who was it 
Leaba. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a strong Ansel. Yeah. I might even go as far as to say that Ansel is a La, La-, La Haba. <laughs> I would I would agree with that actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Who is the knight in guild? Oh, Sale. Yes. Yep, Sale. Let's see here. I'm just going down our page. Yeah. Was there one in A Shadow in the Ember? I don't think well, so. Well, her stepbrother died. That was it. Oh, was... Rule of Wolves when um Oh yeah. David um, dies. Yeah. Stephen? Yeah. David. Going down still. Um, the stepbrother in a conjuring of light, gathering of shadows, darker shade series. He didn't die, but he did try to sacrifice himself. The stepbrother? The prince. Re? Yes, Re. Rye. Rye. I don't know. I might still go with Re. Rye just sounds like bread. I think potentially Nicolina falls in this category mm-hmm. possibly because it was clear how much she was I guess just not not like not in the know but kept out of plans she was yeah. just like a tool yeah definitely I might have a new trope okay. <laughs> I keep yeah. throwing us curveballs here I feel like it's been done in other books, but so far I can only think of two, which is the training trope where you have like someone's training you, right? Is that a trope? Do you think that's a trope? Does that constitute? Okay. Maybe just the training scenes generally, but like, well, like a romantic, it's like a romantic thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. In that sense. Yeah. So I know Sarah does that a lot because one instance I'm thinking is Throne of Glass where Kale would, is like a reed. He's like a reed. He's just like the, he's just like the, he does everything right. He's like the knight and they like go jogging together. And I just think that's so cute. And then um, also hunt and I mean, the couples work out. Yeah. Yes. And then um, Hunt and Bryce go shooting. That's a good one. Well, they also actually work out together. And they all, and they work out. Yes. Yeah. And then um, Cassian and Nesta train together and it's really good. (laughs) It's really fucking good. I can imagine. But also also Reese and uh, Farah like learn to fly in Wings and Ruin. Um. In fact, Asriel kind of teaches her how to fly a little bit, which I was like, I'm listening to it. And I was like, wow, Asriel is talking a lot. <laughs> like you never get to hear from him. <laughs> I, I've seen like the, um, the memes of people about like talking about how Asriel taught her how to fly. And it's all about him basically just like chucking her off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so this, that's his style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure yeah. it out. I yeah. can appreciate that. Yeah. I, I like, I like those tropes too, because there's this kind of, there's this like cathartic feeling that comes with it because you can kind of, you know, what kind of like when they're being like kind of pushed, 
like you mm-hmm. know that feeling um yeah and I kind of like with with uh Cassian with and Feyre when they were training mm-hmm. and he was they were like well Sarah wrote about how he just stood there because he knew that she needed something to hit yes yes yeah. exactly and then she's like she has that little like emotional outburst yeah yeah and same when um he uh Reese is teaching her how to winnow and yeah. she gets like exhausted and yeah um I think it's so yeah I do think that's a trope because if it's done for like a purpose like that yeah, yeah. like it has to be done for like a plot purpose yeah it's not so, just like, like people training yeah yeah so in a similar vein the pregnancy trope like right. pregnancy can be in a book but when pregnancy is used as like a plot point or as a plot device full pass not even like a half smash or anything like full pass yeah because it's gross (laughs) yeah the 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 book ends the book ends yeah when someone gets knocked up like sex is not to procreate (laughs) yeah yeah what we're here for (laughs) exactly exactly the last thing i need is a pregnancy scare in my books or in my life yeah (laughs) same Oh God. Yeah. If it's just the thing that happens, that's fine. Like Farrah gets pregnant and then that's like the end. Like you don't, you don't hear from Rice, Reese and Farrah. Cause I, Rice was how I was reading him the first time. So it comes out sometimes Rice and, but like, that's like the beginning of the next generation when, (laughs) when Farrah gets pregnant, you know? Yep. Yep. It's like the same reason that we didn't need the epilogue in Harry Potter or the play or anything like that. Yeah. Because like, okay, granted that wasn't smut or anything, but like the second you bring out the family and the kids and all of the after, that's the end. Their stories Mm -hmm. have ended. Period. Yeah. So. Which is different from the Serpent and Dove epilogue. Which was like that epilogue was like this is the beginning. That was only like yeah. Well, that's also like that was only like two months later. Yeah, this is like the beginning of like good times. It was like it was it was to transition to the beginning of the next phase yeah. of their lives. It wasn't like this is the destination. Yeah, because the destination yeah. is supposed to live inside of our hopes and dreams. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but like the the end of Harry Potter before the epilogue ends on a high note. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're all dead. The villain is dead. Serpent and or like gods and monsters had a lot of emotional ties that they had to tie up a lot of things that they left open, but like the symbol of a wedding helps alleviate some of that tension that felt like it got left over. Yeah. 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 Got to sneeze again. You poor thing. I was telling my coworker today. I was like, if there is one thing I never had to do again in my life, it would be sneezing. And he's like, well, but it's like, there's like such a relief afterwards. And I'm like, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I just hate it so much. I've had, I, I used to sneeze a lot. I don't know what's happened since, but I just used to sn- I would sneeze every day at like every day for like years. Um, 
And I was just, it's just takes you out of what you're doing. And it's not, it doesn't feel good. It's so annoying. I'm like, I could just go without it. If I was, if I was given like five words to describe how I feel after a sneeze, relieved is not one of them. No, (laughs) not, no, it's not even top 10 at all. The relief comes hours later when I realize that I haven't sneezed for hours. Yeah. So do we want to bring up any more? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, Ooh, I'm going to bring up this one. The love triangle. Okay. This is a half and half for me. This is a smash. Yeah. Or a this is a smash. <laughs> smash um, pash. <laughs> yeah. I think it can be done right, and I think it can be done fun, but I I would say as a general rule of thumb, it has to be like an enemies to lovers versus a friends to lovers. It can't be both. It can't be both or like What are you I referring really, to? What's like an really example like, here? Um, well, I was thinking of Shadow and Bone, but you haven't seen that one. Technically, Hermione and Ron and Lavender. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Because we knew who he was going to end up with at the end. Yeah. We knew that he had just strayed a little bit from God's light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Who else? Or, or what else, I guess? A good one. You haven't read it yet, but you know about it, which is the... The yes. one that has not been resolved yet, yes. which is Gwynreal or Elaine and Azriel. Elriel. Yeah. Having not read anything, I am partial to Gwynreal. Same. And I think kind of referring back to the soulmates, it's because if you're going to set them up as soulmates then I really feel like you have to honor that connection or you have to give like better reason beyond what they've established so far for her not being in love with him. Like it's one thing to not be in love with somebody. And it's another thing to fully reject somebody. Who's rejecting who? Like Uh, Elaine rejecting Lucian. Yeah. Yeah. In this situation, if it was to be like Elaine and Asriel at the end, you'd have to give a really fucking good reason for her to not choose Lucian. Not saying that he's like a great guy or anything. Yeah. But, but Lucian's to... not that bad. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That being said, I mean, everyone rooted for Tamlin in book one. And we were all very, very happy when she went over to Rizan. She made yeah. that transition very easy. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it out of her abilities to do that again. Yeah, and that's kind of something she does in all of her books. I think Aelin from Throne of Glass like dates a few guys before she lands on Rowan, who I haven't even met. Well, I have met him in the second book. He makes an appearance, but evidently I think that's who she ends up with. Um, <laughs> I have to finish it. I have to finish the series. <laughs> but um, it's supposed to get really good starting at book three and that's like the next book I need to read. So, um, but with, with, yeah, so far we have so little information from Elaine 
and from yeah. Azrael. We have a lot of information from Lucian. We have all the information we need. And we actually have a lot of information from Gwyn. But she hasn't given a lot of POV for Azrael. Or he and he's already a guarded person, so it's really hard to tell. Like yeah. it that's that's hard to say because it is pretty clear that in Silver Flames he is very much into Elaine and Elaine is very much into him. But they're like not making any move. They're both like super shy people. Yeah. It just doesn't sound very exciting at all. And there's really no have... good reason for it. No one's giving me a good reason that they like this person yet. You know, we just yeah. know that they're pining and we don't know why, you know, like pining's fun, but it's yeah. also fun when you do something about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know a lot about what they're individually like showing about it, but I just think it would also be super boring and typical if yeah, Feyre and Reese all the Archer and sisters and went with Cassian. the Bat Boys. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It would just be a little too perfect. Yeah, it's too tidy. Yeah, but also, um, I just really love Gwen. And do you mind spoilers? Just a little, Not really, at this point. Okay, we got to read it anyway for yeah the, for the book club. So. Um, the way that Gwen and Azrael was the first person Gwen met out of the people we know, right? Um, she, I forget where she was, but she was at this place and they were, she was like raped and attacked like pretty bad. Um, all of the girls there were, and he saved her, right? Like he can't, he came and I think him and more or something. Um, and so Azrael like saved her. So they have like this kind of like understanding already yeah. from like he's seen her at her worst. And then also she can understand where he's been because he there's like a lot of like darkness he's been through as well. And so you can really see them kind of having kind of a connection through that. Um, but also they're so different. Like she's this very like sweet, bubbly, hopeful person. And he's just like, burdened so bad from his the work that he does and his past and whatever and like i would just i i want to read that that (laughs) dynamic you know he's he's a mystery right now yeah he's such a mystery yeah 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 and that kind of brings me to another trope which is the opposites attract one Mm -hmm. yes Um, another example for lou and reed yeah they're very very clearly opposites yes in the best oh, way. I'm gonna sneeze again. Do it. No, I'm not. Sneezy. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> back to business. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very good example of, of that trope. Um if we're gonna talk about old YA uh, sneeze. <laughs> Poor thing. Edward not Edward, sorry, Jacob and Bella from Twilight. Yes, they didn't end up together, but book number two had a lot of tension between them. So book number two, New Moon, is when Edward leaves. 
still hurts to this day that book wrecked little like 14 year old melissa (laughs) but in his absence uh bella and jacob get close and it is kind of platonic that's very much like a, a friends to lovers kinds of kind of situation she does kind of try she she kisses him in number three she goes on a date with him in number two um she's definitely trying to see if she does like i think it's very much like Feyre and um the day court mm-hmm. not day court summer court tarquin tarquin yes when she was like i could see myself mm-hmm. loving you you seem like you'd be easy to love like it's that whole yeah. dynamic all over again but um a good example also of opposites attracting but not working out which is fun yeah keeps things spicy yeah i would say nest and cassian are opposites in a couple of ways one of them is cassian which is a big part of silver flames is he's kind of coined this brute um that's not like eloquent um and and correct me if i'm wrong but he's pretty like he's a jock he's pretty like fun and like i wouldn't say like fun but he's like kind of a a tea a light hearted tease right yeah, he's I, would, not, yeah I, th- I would i would actually he's not snarky yeah he's not like snarky or anything like that yeah um Nesta is actually, um, she was being primed by her mother to like marry, for be, money. marry like a very high standing man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she is a dancer and loves to dance in balls and stuff, which doesn't like is the part of her character I pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I, I, I just like that for her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I really like that part of Farah of like she's just a badass, which is so weird for me because I'm like so like anti like strong woman. Not all the time, but okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anti strong women. Oh no, I just like I like you like softness, but not daintiness. Yeah, which is like the dancing part that I'm kind of like, eh. Like I'm not into the high. Yeah. When I'm thinking like dancing too, I'm thinking like Regency style dancing. Yeah. But it's also like Nesta's really high strung, so I could see that being like a nice release for her. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. What I like about their dynamic is that um, she was primed to like marry a very high standing man, and she falls just head over heels. Yeah. For a, a guy who is like the lowest of the low kind of born like yeah he has power now but yeah. he does not come from power yeah and in she, the human world it's all given it's or not given but like um inherited yeah he did not inherit any yeah. power he earned, he earned it, it himself and um and literally grew up hungry and yeah in the gutters and stuff also she is very witty and calculated which he's not <laughs> he's more like a punch first ask questions later yeah. yeah and that that becomes very clear in silver flames with their like banter and stuff 
Um, and I, and so I feel like that works really well for them too, because like you, like reading these, these, the first two couple books, you're just like, oh man, girl, you don't even know, like, you don't know what you want because you're going to want this. She's so mean so hard. <laughs> yeah. She's so mean to him when they first meet when she's still human and mist and fury. And then I love the part when they're training later and he's angry because of Nesta. Mm-hmm. Like Feyre is like, what's well, got his like, yeah, his wand and a knot kind of situation. And they're like, oh, Nesta again. Yeah. Yeah. It's- they just, they make each other so angry. Yes. It's yes. very exciting. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan yeah. of that. That's definitely an opposites attract, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good episode. This, was <laughs> this one. This, was, this fun. was fun. To do do them periodically, the more books yeah. we read. Definitely. We okay. came up with some new ones. Brain fuck. <laughs> Training trope. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm trying to pull up our calendar here. So Yeah, we uh switched some things around, right? Yeah. So our next episode. Is going to be the once in future witches, which is right here on my shelf. Nice. Yeah. I've already started it a little bit. Have you? No. It's... I might this evening. I might read the first two pages and then let this Benadryl take let, over. Let it, <laughs> let it take over. Yeah. I um well, I did just finish listening to their eyes were watching God. And and then went into this one and I'm like, why is it taking so long? <laughs> Yeah. Well, their eyes are watching God is like 200 pages. Just, yeah. Like just over or like just under 250 pages, depending yeah. on the like edition you have. Yeah. Yeah. This one has more. It's That's like it. 20, 22 hours on Audible. Okay. So, but it's, it's pretty good. I would say. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to need more crying. Yeah. I can hear him. You could hear that mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh. He's, yeah. The thing is, if I go out there too, he's just going to run off. Yeah. And then you're like, what do you want? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Attention. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited to talk about. Well, yeah. I read their eyes were watching God. So I'm excited to talk about that one. And I'm yes. excited to read the once in future witches. Yeah, so far, so far, it's a really interesting world. I really like it, okay, and cool, I like cool. the I like the three different sisters. So we can all choose which one we want to be. <laughs> that's yeah, it's the same. That's as, the, like that's the fun part. Yeah, yeah, it's the magic of threes. Yeah, uh, Agatar. Yeah, that's the only one I got. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the Benadryl is taking over. Yes. All Ooh. right. I have eyes, I promise. We'll put you to bed. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to just go lay on this clean laundry. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those nights. Yes. All right. Well, join us next week. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.
So that's oh, one yeah. I was going to bring up actually because of Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Bruce? <laughs> I took a Benadryl and oh, I you already did. had sinus medicine in me. So, oh <laughs> man, this me. is, is going to be a good episode. <laughs> this is slightly loopy, Melissa. <laughs> um, I told you that pollen count is really killing me. Um, Bryce and Hunt. <laughs> That's what you were trying to say. Yeah, fuck sorry. you. <laughs> no, I, I honestly didn't know. I was like, who's Bruce? 